Welcome back to the Alkaline Social Podcast. You guys, um, all praises to the Most High. Yahweh Bashem Yahweh as always. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. Um, today I'm back again with another part of my uh, journey. Uh, give me y'all some game. Give me y'all a little bit of advice to push through whatever it is you may go through. But um, without further ado, let's get into it. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about uh, my personal journey going into um, we're going into veganism, going into alkaline lifestyle. You know, my spiritual journey. And uh, today is gonna be it's gonna be a long one. It's gonna be I'm gonna try to make a long story short, um, but giving it even in substance, even in parts that really matter, key points and key moments in my life that uh, really propel me forward to become who I am today and have the mindset and the thought pattern that I have. So um, I just want to get started by saying. Um, the message in today's podcast is there's always blessing and despair. And there's always blessing and disparities in your life. Um, I can't stress that enough, but there's only blessings when we look for them, when we look for them. When we're, if we're living in the grief, if we're living in despair and the, tri- the traumas and troubles that we face in life, then that's what we're going to be consumed with. But if we're looking for light at the end of the tunnel, eventually we'll, we'll see it. And we'll notice that the smallest little speck of light, no matter how small it may be, and it'll give us hope to keep pushing forward. But um, I started I started this vegan journey um, shortly after my grandmother passed away. And the reason I started it, it was not by, it was by choice, but it was almost by force of the universe um there was a time in my life where I was uncertain of a lot of things I was um I felt lost abandoned I felt like um everybody turned their back on me and I didn't know what to do because I never faced these problems so it all started when I moved out of me and my son's mother and my son my son was about uh, he's about three or four months old at the time. We moved back into the house, my grandmother. Um, you know, because we were buying a house, so we wanted to, you know, save money. In the apartment that we were at, it was just all types of stuff going on. So we said, you know, hey, we're going to go back and um, start from scratch, regroup, save our money, you know, go through the whole house buying process and, you know, go from there. I returned back to the house that I grew up in is my childhood home, um, where I grew up, me, my brothers, sisters, um, my grandmother, my mom, and my father, we all, you know, lived in that house growing up as, as a child. And I had a wonderful childhood. I had an excellent childhood. My childhood, I couldn't ask for anything, you know, better. I grew up in a two-parent household, and uh, it was just amazing. My grandmother was amazing. You know, my parents, they gave us whatever we needed. All of our needs was secured as well as our wants. Um, uh, you know, my siblings, they were great. But, um, yeah, so we returned back to the house in October. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, you know, this is a good moment. 
where you know I get to enjoy the holidays. You know, it's, it's, it was nostalgic. Enjoy the holidays. You know, once again with my childhood times. You know, with my family, my grandmother, my mom, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and stuff like that. So I thought, yeah. Now I got my baby boy, my son, and now he gets to experience it. You know, with me too. So I was I was really excited about that. I was I was ecstatic about that. Um, went through the holidays. Went through Thanksgiving, my birthday, things like that. Everything was, you know, normal. We had a, me and his mother, we had a, we had a game plan of when we want to be out, when we were going to, uh, you know, start, you know, shopping for houses, things like that. So, um, Christmas rolls around. It's December 25th, 2016, I believe. I believe it was 16. And, um... Everything is going good. Everybody's come over. We opening gifts, and you know it was just it was just nostalgic. You know, the usual was good, but this time it was brand new because I actually had a family, you know, living in the current moment. Um, and it was unexpected, but uh, four days after Christmas, on December 29th, uh, my grandmother she passed away, and um, it was it was shocking. It was really it was really shocking. And I don't want to say it was unexpected, maybe because I was in denial of it. But my grandmother, she was, if you know my grandmother, if you know me and know my grandmother, you know what type of grandmother she was. She wasn't an old lady on a cane. She wasn't, she was what you would call like a a foxy, foxy grandma. You know, she didn't have any really, any real health problems. You know, she had minor heart problems, you know, way back when. And she, you know, go to the doctor, get her checkups and stuff like that. But for for the most part, she was overall healthy. You know, she she wasn't uh, she wasn't she wasn't confined to a, a walker or a cane or anything like that. She was grandma, you know. And as and as a child, I kind of sort of sort of took that for granted because the way my grandmother was, this is like, oh, oh grandma's gonna be here forever. You know, grandma come to bail you out of everything. You know, anything you get in trouble, my life with the outside world or your, your family or your parents you know grandmother grandma was there so um when she passed away it was it was I was kind of in denial but she had it was a lot of stuff leading up to that where she was she got sick but then she got better but then she got sick again and I remember one time we was going shopping for Christmas a couple weeks prior and she was and I was like what's wrong and she was just like you know she was like jokingly humorously saying like I'm dying and I'm just laughing like grandma don't say that but um, in reality, she she knew what was she must have knew what was going on, you know. She just didn't want to tell the rest of the family or panic or whatever the case was. But um, so I guess I was in denial of of really seriously taking that into consideration. Like you know, one of these days that the possibility of her passing away could happen. But anyway, so um, she passed away. Everybody, you know, it was just, it was just a whole thing like you know everybody was scrambling you know mind you I'm still in her house the house that we share with her my mother and my sister and I'm um, still in my family and um it was just hard to go back there every day after work coming home but it was just hard it was times I would be in my car and I just cry and like I'll cry for a whole hour straight before I even went to the house in the house or it's times where I would be where everybody would be sleeping I'd be downstairs just talking to the spirit or whatever whatever I thought I could connect myself to I would do it and um 
that was sort of how I was coping with it at the time. And um, it took a, it took a, it's still taking a toll on me. It, it, it definitely took a, a major toll on me. And um, everybody's emotions were high, tension was high. People were, I guess, you know, they were scared also. Um, so fast forward, still living in the house, January, February. Her birthday was January 16th, so it made it even worse because her birthday was coming up directly after Christmas. So it made it even worse. Um, started going through it with my mom and my sisters about, you know, just minor things. And it, it was just like, it, it, it became a nuisance. Like, damn, why is it always this, this, and that? And it was like, everybody was on edge because I guess everybody was uncertain about what, what, what the next move was or how they wanted to take the next move. Or maybe everybody was in a, a sense of control, trying to control or whatever the case was. I don't know. So, ended up um, going through the altercation with them, and long story short, I ended up we ended up being kicked out. <laughs> um, I ended up homeless for like a couple of days, maybe like a week. I ended up homeless. Uh, we were sleeping at my son's mother's house. Well, we was we were sleeping there, but we were until we got my things out of that house, we were like on her couch, just like you know trying to figure out what the hell was going on because now the home buyer process and all this stuff it was just it was just too much in the midst of all that um I got locked up I got shot <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so crazy how like a, the downward spiral just just created I got locked up um I ended up on a run actually I was <laughs> I was on vacation from work that's the crazy part I ended up on a run and nobody knew where I was except for my son's mother and my cousin, because I was at his house. Um, the whole time, in the midst of all this going on, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell has happened to me? Mind you, I never dealt with, dealt with any kind of adversities of this magnitude thus far in my life. I was maybe 23, 24. You know, so being a young man and adult and also the leader of your family, it was hard for me to adjust so fast. And the only thing that I ever had to lean on was my grandmother, and that was taken away from me. So I had no type of pillar or no type of sense of stability in my life at the current time. So I didn't know what to do. I had no idea where to turn, what to do. I didn't have the answer for nothing. And usually I'm good at stuff like that. I can think on my feet. I'm fast on my feet, things like that. But the only thing that I ever knew to believe in me and to have a sense of who I was was gone. I mean, it was it was just sweat sweat from under me. So I didn't know what to do. My mind was in so many different places. I was just ready to just say, fuck it, I give up. I don't care about shit. I don't want to care about shit. You know, I had a young child at the time. He was like six, seven months at that point. And I was just like, you know, I want to be there for him. And I want to stay strong for him. And I still have to raise him at the same time. I was like, fuck it. Like, what am I, what am I living for? I, I really literally didn't have nothing to live for despite having my son. That's how in the, the deep, dark place that I was. And nobody knew. Not even his mom, not even nobody around me. No, nobody, nobody really knew. Because I was just, you know, I, I internalized it. I put it inside and I swallowed it. And that shit was taking a, it's st- I'm still coming out of it, partly. But um, I'm brave further than what I was. I was in a super duper dark place. So fast forward, the shot locked up, on the run. So now I'm going to court back and forth. I return to work. I can't work uh, 
no, I, I can't work past 40 hours for legal reasons because, you know, my job and stuff like that. So the pay slowed down, my, my money slowed up, and I'm just sitting here and I'm like, damn, this can't be life. Mind you, we're still at her mother's house, and the money we had to move before I got locked up, I had gave my son's mom, say, yo, listen, find us a place, you know, while I'm doing, while I'm, because I don't know how much time I'm going to do, I don't know how much the bill is going to, I don't know nothing, so I say, yo, just to take this money, let's move, find a place, make sure you and my son are secure, and, you know, I'll, and we'll, we'll just, you know, roll with the punches. So that's what she did, and um, I ended up getting, I ended up on a run, my lawyer ended up calling me one day and saying, hey, you know, I talked to the detective, you know, we worked out a deal, you turn yourself in and don't do this, don't do that, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up turning myself in. I probably was, um, I probably was in there probably for about, I don't even know, to be honest, I didn't have no phone, no time. I, I went in there early in the morning and get out to in the middle of the night. I got out about 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning. And I didn't have no phone because my dumb ass left the phone in the car because I didn't know. I was like, fuck it, I ain't taking nothing. And I ended up having to walk from, uh, it's like D and Erie. Or probably, yeah, probably like I and Erie. Whatever that district is, I forgot. But um, people from Philly, I know what I'm talking about. And I had to walk from Hunters Park to the, all the way down to the gas station in the middle of the night. Got to the gas station. There's a bunch of Indians. They own it, you know, usual shit. I'm like, yo, can I can I use your phone, please? You know, I just came out. Mind you, I got a T-shirt on and I know regular shit that you turn yourself in with. And they looking at me crazy, like, nigga, what? <laughs> so I begged. I'm like, yo, can I please? Because nobody knew I was home. Nobody knew I was out. What time I was getting out? All I know is my bill was posted and that was that. So I'm like, yo, can I please use your phone? Finally, he let me use use the phone. I doubt my son, mom. You know, she came got me fortunately went back to the new house that I was at that we moved into um and and I, and I remember I, we, we didn't have no money for nothing we didn't have money for a refrigerator we didn't have money to get anything at all we were dead flat broke dead flat broke cause we spent all the money to move and all the money to uh we had like a dining room table but we didn't have nothing in a TV in a TV stand that my grandma had bought previously for the old apartments we had and that was the only thing I had of hers that, that I held on to that I was clinging to. Like, you know, I still got it to this day. But, um, and I remember sitting on this beanbag. It was two, we bought two beanbags from Walmart as couches. And I remember sitting on this beanbag in the middle of the fucking night crying. Just thinking about where the fuck am I going to turn to? What do I do? What just happened? Everything happened so fast I could not process it. I was just going through this crazy ass time where I was just like, yo. I don't give a fuck what happened. I don't give a fuck if I go to jail for life or I kill somebody. I don't give a fuck. And I remember I was sitting there balling, watching this old-ass TV show, because we didn't have cable. It was on antenna TV. And I'm like, yo, I got I to gotta do something. Like, like this shit can't be. And all of a sudden, something just came over me and said, listen, you can't be like this because this is not what your grandmother wanted you to do. All the shit that you couldn't give her and show her in life, that you haven't that you haven't done already, do it now in her absence, knowing that she's still with you and watching you. Do it because in dedication of her. And I'm and something struck me like, damn, that's right. You know she don't want me giving up. You know what I got going on or what I'm trying to do or what I'm aspiring to do. She definitely don't want me giving up on my son. She definitely just don't want me just quitting for everything that I worked for that up until that point in my life. And just saying, fuck it, because, you know, 
she was the only thing that believed in me or that I felt believed in me. And um, one day, fast forward again, one day, you know, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix, just scrolling. But I always had this thought in the back of my mind, like, what can I do to better myself right now? You know, get myself out of this gym, get these thoughts out of my head. And everybody, you know, always say therapy and stuff like that. But at that point in time, I didn't give a fuck about no therapy. I didn't give a fuck about talking to nobody. I didn't care about nothing. I was just trying to get myself out of the gym with my family as a man of the house. So one day I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching, going through Netflix. And I love documentaries. I love learning. I'm a knowledge junkie. So um, I click on this one documentary, What the Health? And I'm like, well, what's this about? So I'm just randomly watching it. I'm not really, you know, soaking it in or paying attention to it. Until I was. And it's so coincidental because the next the very next day we were going food shopping. So I'm watching all this shit and I'm in I'm in amazement. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yo, this world I, the, the, I always knew the world was corrupt, but I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I never looked at it from this perspective. Like food. Like, you know, I always been athletic. I, I've been a boxer damn near my entire life. I always had an athletic build. Um always, you know, was just agile and shit like that. So I, I didn't really think too much into nutrition. I went to school for sports medicine and stuff like that, studying science and biology, and I experiment myself. I still experiment myself, but you know, as a young kid, being a boxer, I used to take creatine, protein. It wasn't popular back then, so me experimenting back, experimenting with it back then was a big deal. I used to get in trouble for that shit. My dad used to beat my ass. Cause he's like, yo, you don't know what that shit is? He didn't even know what it is. Cause it wasn't popular back then like it is now, pre-workout and all that stuff. So I could I didn't really have a sense of actual food playing a part in your body's natural way of processing and, and you know healing itself. So we get to the market the next day, and I didn't pay none, I didn't pay no mind. I'm just shopping on, I'm just shopping, shopping. And something told me to say, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to go through this whole entire market and see how many things I can get that doesn't contain animal products at all. And what I ended up with was a bunch of fucking salad. Like salad ingredients, salad, everything. Everything was like fruit salad. So I said, oh, well, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to see if I can do it for about a week. I ate, a sal- I ate salads for an entire week. Whole entire week. And a week turned into two weeks. And two weeks turned into three weeks. And I'm just like, yo, like, okay, this can't be life. Like, wh- that famous question that all vegans get, well, what are we supposed to eat? I was asking that question. And before veganism and all that stuff, I was, somebody told me to go vegan. And I was just like, nah, I ain't doing that shit and all that. I remember, um, my youngest mom, she was like, you know, you should be vegan and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. And I just totally like, what the hell I'm going to do as a vegan? So I definitely wasn't for it or, or, or with it. I was one of those people. So I started doing my research and I found Beyond Burgers. I found different kinds of ways to make, um, you know, different plant-based things from the, from, I, did, I found out a lot of foods that I ate normally were, that were already vegan. And, um... I just honed in on it, and um, my youngest mom, she introduced me to um, Beyond Burgers and different kind of plant-based stuff, and I was literally, like, ignorant to it, and I, I didn't I didn't know that shit even existed, you know? So, I started transitioning with the burgers, with the, the with the fake meats, the soy meats, the, 
pea proteins and, and stuff like that. And then the next thing you know, um, I seen a difference. And and the first thing, the first noticeable thing that I saw was my weight. My weight, I had slimmed down. I lost all my water weight. Everything was just just disappearing off me. And I'm like, oh shit! Like, I'm not even going to the gym. I'm not exercising. I'm not doing anything. I'm just not eating meat or dairy products or you know not that many starches. And um, that was the cool thing. I'm like, oh snap! Like, damn, somebody should have told me to do this years ago. Like, I could have been I could have been selling books around it for everybody that wanted to lose weight and can't. But then what I started noticing again. I started having mental downloads. Now, if you never had mental downloads from, I don't know, God, the universe, spirit, you won't get what I'm talking about, what I'm about to say. You will not get it until you do. When you have mental downloads, it's like you hear a voice. It talks to you. It tells you what to do, where to go, how to be when you're in certain situations, when you're doing certain things, and you just naturally have the instinct and just do it. You just do it. So I would get these mental downloads to preach and, and minister to people about all types of stuff. Health, money, prosperity. And it was crazy because I, I, I would just be doing the randomest stuff and have these thoughts. And I would stop and I would jot it down or I would put, go to Instagram and I would put a picture up. But with the picture, it'll get everybody attention. But the picture, the caption is not actually talking about what everybody thinks I'm talking about. Like I would, like my old Instagram, I would put up pictures of money all the time. It was my money. It was my real money that I was manifesting. That it was coming back to me. That I that um, thought I could, that we was dead flat broke just a couple months ago. But I would post under it like, yo, stop chasing this shit. Stop worshiping it. Stop giving it power. We are giving this thing, this this, this currency power is not even backed by nothing. So I would do things like that. And I will always get mental downloads to keep doing it. Preaching these messages. Preaching prosperity. Preaching positivity. Mind you, I, I was in a super duper dark place just months before. So that was another thing I noticed. Like how my mood just elevated. My sleep got better. My, 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 my blood was was warmer so to speak you know I know it sounds crazy but you would never imagine the things that you do when you stop eating animals everything was just better like 12 times better more than you can ever imagine because if you never stop eating animals you don't know how it feels and you can't even imagine how it feels until you do so so some of this stuff may sound crazy or far-fetched or stretched but I promise you it's not and this is just vegan this is not alkaline this is just vegan so um, I continue. I continue going forward. I, I, I continue to lose weight. But more so, I, I had all types of ideas. I started, again, my youngest son, she bought me my first juicer. I started juicing. I started doing all types of stuff that um, I normally didn't have the, the notion or even knowledge or even experience of doing. And I became good at it. And all of a sudden, something kicked in. It was like, you know what? Do more research. And I'll do more research. And I knew about Dr. Sebi, but I didn't know about what he consisted in preach. I didn't know what he consisted of, what the African biomineral balance was. I didn't know any of these things. But come to, well, come to find out, me and Dr. Sebi had the same birthday. November 26th, he was born in 1933, I was born in 1992. So um, I kind of seen the synchronicities in that. I, I seen the, the, the match that was like, okay, this is crazy. 
why am I, why, why me and this guy who's well-known, famous, healing people, all types of things, spreading love, why do we have the same birthday? Why are we, why is he the known, why was he a known teacher? Why was he a ladies' man? Me, the same thing my entire life. I just didn't know until I knew. So I started looking more and more into the alkaline diet. So when I started researching more, I was like, hold up. Because it is specifically catered to African people, black, black people. And our genetic disposition, the, the way that we are made up. Um, which is different than most races in the world. Um, we have the most carbon content in our skin. They call it melanin. The, you know, the Westerners. But um, it's, it's, it's cra- it was crazy. And I tapped into it. And when I went alkaline and I had to make everything from scratch, bro, listen, everything changed. Everything. I mean, from the weight just shed, just shedding off. Just, I mean, literally just shedding off to my thoughts, to everything I was, I was telling myself I could do, I was doing it. Everything I wanted, I started creating with my mind. It was like I had superpowers. So now when I see people that's alkaline and they're doing these crazy beautiful things I'm like yo they tapped into their power this is the shit that these people don't want us to know about this is the shit that they're hiding from us and why they're dumbing us down and poisoning our food water and air because this shit is amazing it's it's so easy so at that point I would turn back to my Instagram and and do the same thing put up these crazy pictures with you know a positive caption or telling people to basically move away from the proverbial rat race or climbing the corporate ladder all your life and really hone into what's important because I had just lost my grandmother and if I know what I lost my grandmother at that age I would have did so much more to show her that she was right about me having a gift that she was right about me being and becoming who I am now I would have done that so much sooner for her to witness but I didn't so my message after I became and started doing the things that she told me I would do and could do was to the people that still had those special people in their lives to do that for them. Show them. Do it. It's, 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 it. Stop chasing a job for somebody else. Stop losing time with your family to go make money. Stop doing all these things that are taking your time and your, and your, your being and your energy from people that love you, people that believe in you, until they're gone, and then you can't get it back, like me. And that we that really became my message. And people didn't like it. People, you know, they were against it. Oh, right, who was Doctor Shabby? Oh, da da da. But people, that that was low vibrational people who didn't get the entire message at all. Which was the overall message: be true to yourself, love yourself. Do what makes you happy and everything else will work for you. Till this day, I guarantee my friends, my family, people around me, they don't know what I do besides my actual profession. They don't know how I manifest and bounce back from things. They don't know how I I slither and, and, and maneuver to get the things that I want and have the things I have. Most people probably think like this nigga probably in debt. This nigga probably doing this. This nigga probably broke. When in reality... I, w- I know how to maneuver things for my good, for 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 my purpose, because I tapped into that, and it's nothing like it. I promise you, it's nothing like knowing your power. I don't care if you're in the best shape of your life. If you still eat meat, you will never know what I'm talking about. 
you would never know. So the whole thing became love those who love you. Stop trying to chase all these tangible moment, uh, temporary things, these temporary highs in life, and, and really hone in on your gift to show those around you who believe in you that you can do it. To help them prosper, to move them out the hood or the bottom that car they always wanted or to help them become better spiritually, mentally or physically because they never had the motivation for themselves. I never got the chance to show my grandma that I was as powerful or more, even more powerful than she told me I was. I sat and talked with my grandma for hours and hours and hours all the time my entire life about life, about history, about the Bible, about all types of stuff. And she always would tell me how how special I was. She always would tell me I had a gift. Even when I started, you know, doing the job I have now. And I would say, Grandma, why people keep talking, coming up, talking to me, telling me their whole life story? I don't know these people. I don't even say nothing to them. And they just come up to me. She said, boy, that's your spirit. She said, they reading your spirit. They come to you because they can confide in you. You know how many people come up to me and tell me their whole life story and then Half the time, I'm ignorant to it, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they turn around and say, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I'm looking like, appreciate what? What the hell I do? So many times to this day, that has happened and is happening to me. And guess what? My grandma prophesied that. I, was, I'm, I wasn't able to graduate school and get a degree and, and have her at my graduation. I wasn't able to get uh, a master herbalist certificate or license, you know, and have her frame it in her living room. I knew I had gifts. I wanted to run the streets. I wanted to get money. Fuck girls. Have nice cars. I wanted to do all that instead of listening to what she was telling me beforehand. I know she's watching me now. I know that for sure. There's signs all over the place. Especially when I'm home alone. That she, she's proud of me. But it's nothing like having that person in front of you showing them the things that they know you're capable of and love you for. So my message today is there's always blessings and disparities. Because if my grandma didn't pass, which shattered my world to this day, none of this would have been possible. I wouldn't even have thought of it because I still would have been living life taking it for granted that grandma's going to be here forever. She's going to be a pillar of my village for the rest of my life. Her passing away shook my entire world upside down. And I'm still half, it's still halfway turned around. Still to this day. So if you love somebody out there and they believe in you and you know you got the power but you're just making excuses, you're being lazy or you're doing whatever, you're making up every excuse not to do what this person know you're capable of doing, you go ahead and keep playing around. You're taking that shit for granted. And watch how fast God tell you, whoop, time's up. Stop making excuses. Stop doing what you want to do and do what you need to do and have to do. No matter what it is, 
Show that one person in your life that backs you up no matter what that you can do it. Make them proud. Don't wait till they're sick or they're dead or some bad stuff happened to them or you to make the change. It might be too late by then. Look for your blessings now. Don't be like most people, as in myself too, to wait for hardships to come, to look for blessings, to realize that they were there all along. You just overlooked them because you wanted to do what you wanted to do and not what you had to do or was supposed to do. I wish my grandmother was still here today. In another podcast, I'm going to describe, I'm going to do a whole episode about my grandma so y'all can get the context of how special she was. So y'all can know the the significance of this story besides, oh, you know, how I turned vegan and alkaline and, you know, got into this lifestyle. Y'all can really hone in on the, on the, the actual experience of knowing um, how purposeful this was. This may have been very well, may have been destiny. Very well so. But I use it as leverage. I don't use it as a downfall. I use it as leverage to inspire and do the things that I'm doing now currently that I know she would. She probably can imagine me doing what I'm, what I'm doing now. I mean, from certain perspectives, it may look like, you know, I'm not doing anything. But for me personally, I've came a long way from hurt, abandonment, trust issues, all types of stuff I went through at, at an, as an, and it's worse as an adult. It's okay to go through it as a teen and as an adolescent and you bounce back from it. You, you know, you, you learn yourself better. But when you're a full-grown adult who never had these experiences and, and that shit hit you, it's 12 times harder, in my opinion, to bounce back. It's 12 times harder to adjust. It's 12 times harder to come back to who you know who you really are. So, for me coming from that state that I was in, in that dark, deep, 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 dark place, that I thought I was never, I, was, I thought I was, I, was in, I was in a dungeon, and they threw away the key, is what I thought. To, to what I'm doing now, and experiencing now, and spreading in the business that I've created, surrounding and dedicating to her, and, and, and meditating on her voice and her words, and remembering our conversations, it's all, it's all I need, personally. That's all the validation that I need. I don't need nobody else. Anything else I get or want from somebody else is just extra. Anything else that I tell people positively or, or, or try to change their mindset and thought patterns and ways of thinking, that's just extra. I've already done it for me. I've done it for her. And that's enough for me. So anything that I do outside of that is extra. And that's just me being a great person that I am. So remember, look for your blessings in any situation that comes, no matter how bad they are. As long as you're looking for those blessings, you'll see the opportunities to thrive. Peace, y'all. Stay positive, stay safe, and I love y'all. I'm out. Thank <laughs> you.